Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Tacos and To Kill Ya. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And I think we have a fun one today. <laughs> I agree. I, I think all, that. But I'm biased. I always think our cryptids are more fun. <laughs> I feel like this one is like a, a good one, though, because it's a cryptid, but it's like a cryptid, an urban legend. Yeah, like a like, myth. With like a ghost story, I guess, too, that could probably be thrown in there. Yes, I agree. So I'm here for it. I don't think I have any like real true crime news to add before we dive into it. Do you have anything? I think the only thing, and so, I mean, we're... Oh, you do have something. Keep, keep in mind, we're recording, like, in advance, so weeks some of this, this like, literally weeks, so you might listen to this and be like, oh, that's old news, but, like, it's new news right now. <laughs> um, so I had sent earlier this week or last week, Peyton, an article on the Lake Mead, one of the bodies that they were able to identify, which yes. was wild. Um, very it, wild. It turned out to be, and it was, did you, did you say this at, it, I can't think of words right now. I feel so like at I one point I'm, you I mentioned, mentioned it. Yeah. I think I mentioned it at one point that this was like a theory that it was one of this, one of the bodies was this person. Yes. So it was like a dad who was going to rescue his kid, right? Yes. So life? I think I think I saw one where it was like a guy who drowned, but it wasn't like very clear because they hadn't identified. And so that's what I thought the case was or like the the guy was. But I don't remember the exact story. Yeah. So it was basically like a drowning victim, but it had happened within. I don't know. It was more recent. It wasn't in like the 70s, 80s. It was in like the 2000s, like maybe early 2000s. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty interesting that they, you know, they've been saying it's going to take months to identify these bodies, years to t- identify these bodies, and that they were able to figure that one out rather quickly, um, which is definitely terrible for the family, but interesting to hear. I agree. I also think that it's interesting because you say it was more recent. It was, but it was like, I think yeah. more than 10 years ago. It was definitely, so I mean, it was within the last, like, 10, 15 years. Yeah. But, like, I guess it wasn't as old as, like, the 70s, 80s, 60s, like, the other ones that they were thinking in their head. Okay, true. Fair. <laughs> but it's still, I mean, you would still think that it wouldn't be, like, that quick to identify, especially being in water like that. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if they did, like, dental records or DNA or how, but I think it was probably the DNA or whatever was available very quickly because it sounds like the family has been waiting for a long time to find him. That's true. And I guess, like, the dental records and stuff would probably make more sense in, like, recent years than, you know, the 70s. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't keep dental records back then, but I think it was... A little bit different kind of the way that they did things compared to nowadays agreed <laughs> so definitely interesting i was very intrigued to hear that they actually put a name and that they were able to get that information out there so fast 
I agree. It was very impressive. And so I guess that's one person that we have an answer on now. So, so we have hopefully what, three we know. More? I think there's we're up to five bodies. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. we have four more. Oh. <laughs> well, we will wait. We'll bring you updates probably weeks after they've been released at the the rate that we're recording these, but it's fine. Yeah, I mean, we're <laughs> way ahead right now, but... <laughs> it's fine. I bet you there's people out here that aren't keeping up on it, so... Correct, they probably aren't. My grandpa was keeping news. up on it a little. Really? In fact, yeah, he was like, yeah, I think they've been... He told me the other day on our phone call, like, oh, I think they've found, like, four or five bodies now. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, we're at five, you're right. Jeez. But he watches a lot of news, so maybe that's why. <laughs> that could be it. I don't watch news like that. <laughs> well, that's all I got. Okay. Well, I'll let you dive on in then. Sounds good to me. The Poplick Trestle Bridge is a railroad overpass outside of Louisville, Kentucky. The bridge has been around since the late 1800s and over its hundred something years has been the cause of a large amount of deaths and injuries. The bridge appears to look as if it's out of service and in addition is said to be home to a monster who may be luring people to the tracks. The poke lick monster is also, also commonly referred to as the goat man is a part man, part goat, and part sheep who lives underneath the bridge and other reports say on top of the bridge. It is said that the Poplick monster uses some sort of hypnosis or a voice mimicry. I knew this was going to end badly. Mimicry. (laughs) Mimicry. To lure I got you. To lure people onto the tracks. These individuals are then quite surprised to find that the bridge is basically in working condition as a train is coming right at them, leaving the victims really only two options to either get struck by the train or to jump off the bridge. Because I don't know, I'm assuming you probably looked at photos of this bridge. Oh, yes. Like there's really nowhere to hide. It's about 100 feet tall and it's super narrow it's not like there's a space on the side of the the track where you can literally like stand on the track or like walk on the side it's the track and then you're falling off the track like (laughs) that's your options okay and so I looked it up because I'm like what the heck is like a railroad trestle bridge like I can understand that it's a bridge but I was like I need an image so I kind of looked up what trestles were <laughs> to understand. And so basically they're <laughs> I'm gonna use this <laughs> example and oh everyone's gonna be like, what the fuck? Um, so in Harry Potter, when they're on the Hogwarts Express and they're on that really tall, skinny bridge mm-hmm. that goes one way for a train, that's what it is. It doesn't have to be super, super tall. I mean, that one's, like, literally thousands of feet up. Uh, But this one... It's a good comparison, though. Yeah, it's, like, literally exactly that. But this one's 80 to 100 feet up. So, you gotta think, there's, like, 
you can't stand on the side of it and like a train go by. No. It's not happening. It's literally just the tracks in the air. Like tracks lift, lifted up off the ground, but like there's nothing on the side there. So like there's not like a sidewalk space or a little space that you can walk on or like a covered area, you know, like yes. if you stop at a train stop and they have like the benches on the side and you can like stand there, like there's none of that. It's literally just track in the Exactly. Air. But Harry Potter, a very good comparison. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for my Harry Potter knowledge to be applicable in the real world. And here you go. <laughs> It's a rare occasion, but it does happen. Okay? It does happen. It does Here happen. Here and at Trivia. <laughs> trivia, that's literally probably the only place I've used any knowledge <laughs> of anything that's in my head is at Trivia. <laughs> it's the same. So the urban legends are quite strong in this area. Um, and they have a lot of different stories. So, another story is that the monster jumps from the bridge onto the vehicles on the road beneath. There's a road that goes, like, underneath the trestle. And basically, they're saying that he just attacks these cars below. Um, Another told is that the public monster attacks its victims with an axe. It's a, a blood-stained axe. They were yes. very specific when I was reading those. <laughs> it is specific. It's like the blood. It's supposed to be like the blood of the past victims or something. Yeah. To lure <laughs> you in. It's said that just seeing the creature is so frightening that people are just driven to jump off the bridge from the sight of it. Wild. And others, including uh, my personal favorite. Oh, that- this is, I think, my favorite. <laughs> He's actually a circus freak who's out for revenge after being mistreated. Even better, my favorite part of this is then there's like another one that even kind of goes a little further and says that he was a circus freak that escaped when a train derailed carrying him. So, yes. So I saw that as one report and then I saw that as like a separate report. So, like, I saw it that he was the circus freak that, like, the train derailed. And then I had seen, like, another one that, like, it was just a person that escaped a derailed train and, like, had these victim wounds almost, like, from the train wreck. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's my personal favorite, to be honest, is that he was a former freak in a circus sideshow and escaped Love that. Definitely out of like some spooky show, and it's yes, spooky season, so it just fits the bill. Um, and the last one, which this one also stuck out to me, is that it's actually a reincarnated farmer, some twisted version, who had sacrificed goats in exchange for satanic powers. Which my my notes literally say satanic panic much. (laughs) literally that is a perfect perfect example like some of these there's a bunch of different legends with it and some of them are quite crazy to say the least i will say i can understand the satanic panic linked to this cryptid like i think it's the imagery and description of this cryptid is very like head on for like mythology and things like that f- that has to do with like the devil. That's true. It is definitely around that like 
the time period too. Um, yeah. Which we'll get to in, into in a second here. Um, the Public Monster had had a short film created in 1988 by a Louisville filmmaker named Ron <sighs> Schildknecht. Here we go with the names. Wow, I'm impressed you even said that. I didn't even put his name in my notes. <laughs> Shield Connect. Uh, the film was called The Legend of the Public Monster. So there was really only a handful of reports of trespassers prior to this film being released. And then once this film became released is really when the reports and like the deaths and trespassers going to this area really started to happen and like a lot of these urban legends came into place oh yeah the owner of the bridge norfolk norfolk southern railway had put fences up around the entries after the release of its film but it was still pretty quite easy to get to gain access into this like you can jump a fence even just looking at pictures um it's like just like a little fence like in some areas it's higher but then in other areas it looks like it's pretty low like it's kind of you know like there's a forest area but like you can kind of get around it it's kind of like there's bushes in some areas it doesn't seem like it's very difficult to get into this area yeah <laughs> the owners had also felt that the film had encouraged the trespassers but had also found that the scenes were, quote, dangerously misleading. Uh, one scene had shown a character hanging from the bridge when the train is coming, which is not always realistic. You know, it could take a train several minutes to pass. And so be, being just hanging from one of those, like, T's on the, the train track, I mean, I feel like it's a little bit far-fetched there. Some people might yeah. have the strength to do that, but I don't think that's something that just anyone could do. Well, and I thought one of their points is, like, when they do that, the vibrations of the train, too, are so strong. And I was like, oh, yeah. Not even just, yeah. like, hanging like that for seven minutes. You got to think, like, those are deep vibrations in your hands. Like, True. Ugh, it makes my teeth hurt right now, thinking, like, how my bones would be rattling. It's very true. I wouldn't wouldn't be able to do it. I have no upper body strength. (laughs) No. And even just going off that rattling, too, like, in the scenes, I guess, it's when the train's passing, the bridge is, like, visibly shaking, which there was also a reference to that being, like, that's not always a warning. Like, it's not going to be necessarily visibly shaking until it's already too late and, like, it's right in front of your face, basically. Yeah. So it might not be so obvious that a train's coming, you know, from a mile away. Whereas, you know, in this film, they had time to kind of jump off or hang, things of that nature, because they could see that the train was coming, which isn't always the case. And I feel like that's common, a common misconception about trains in general. From, like, movies and TV, because, you know, well, you've been in the Royal Oak area when you're here. And so there are a lot of train tracks over there and there have definitely been. (laughs) Well, and you cross over train tracks like to drive and walk and everywhere down there, but there have been accidents on there because I mean, 
when you're not in that downtown area and they're further away, they're not like honking their horn every five seconds. You don't no. might not have all the bells and whistles that you have and notified like you are when it's coming in through the downtown area. That's very true, actually, because like on this like trestle, for instance, like it's above the roadway. So it's not like crossing a roadway. They're not there's not really a reason why you would think that they would be like blowing their horn or anything. You'd exactly. have to like see the light and like feel the vibration in enough time, which it's another where like everything moves so fast that like by the time you can even think about moving, it's already right there. What do you even do in that situation? Agreed. <laughs> it's not very realistic. No. And it's definitely not realistic because there has been a number of deaths and or injuries since the 1980s. And although I wasn't able to find an exact number, I want to note that I was able to find 11 on the internet, which I will tell you about right now. Ooh, I think you found more than me. <laughs> There's a lot out there. I was like, there this is wild. Lot. So starting from the beginning, the earliest one I was able to find in 1984, 20-year-old Sean Fleischman had survived his injuries after falling off of the bridge. So I'm assuming that either there was a train coming or he just full-on jumped off or fell off, slipped off. This is a, like a wooden bridge. I don't feel like it would be that difficult to just kind of miss your step there. Yes. And it's also why that was so surprising to me is it was 84. And this bridge is like 80 to 100 feet up. Yeah. That's yeah. a long drop. That's a long drop. For sure. In 1985, John List was killed when he was struck by a train on the bridge. He was with his friend Randall Graves, who had survived after hanging from the railroad as the train passed. So here's one wow. person that ended up surviving. You gotta have some crazy upper body strength for that, though. Crazy. <laughs> crazy upper body strength. In 1986, 19-year-old David Wayne Bryant jumped from the bridge to avoid a train, and he sustained major injuries that he ended up dying from in 1987, so a year after he got struck by the train. In 1987, 17-year-old J.C. Baum was struck and killed by a train. In 1992, a 19-year-old named Grady, which is, there's no last name that is found anywhere on the internet <laughs> or on Reddit. I even dove into the Reddit to find things. It's just Grady. Um, he had held onto one of those railroad ties to avoid a train. And he was unable to hold on for a long period of time, so he fell from the trestle. Yeah. And this one, it did not say if he died or if he survived his injuries. But again, it's about 100 feet, 80 to 100 feet. So even if you survive that, you're probably not in the best shape, unfortunately. Yeah. In 1993, 19-year-old Christina Butts, along with a group of friends had all suffered minor injuries after they had to climb down the side of the trestle to avoid a train. Um, oh, I did see that one. It was also noted that Christina, like, wouldn't move. So, like, she was holding on to, I guess the way that I'm picturing my head is, like, on this one of the, I guess, like, 
what are those called? <laughs> like, one of the things that's, like, keeping the train tracks up. Like, yeah, uh, so they're almost, like, but they're, I don't think they're wooden. They're metal. No, I think they're, like, metal, but, like. But, like, if you're looking at them, they're, like, angled. Mm-hmm. So, like, the say the bridge, I don't remember which way it runs, but say it runs east to west. So there's, like, a metal V yes. that goes like north to south and then the same way like parallel to the or not parallel i don't know <laughs> we'll have pictures on there but then there's like it's basically X, like like the little thin x's like the what's holding the track up like from the ground yeah. and it's not like super in depth like there's a there's not you could easily climb the bridge in Harry Potter better than you could climb this bridge. <laughs> yes, yes, it's very, it's like very intricate. But so there this it was one's noted a very wide. There's a lot of gaps for sure. So it was noted that Christina like got scared and wouldn't come down, so she just stayed wherever she was. Then the fire department like had to push their ladder up to get her down, and their ladder like almost didn't reach where she was. So, like, that's showing how high up it was if the fire department can't even get to you. They save cats, yeah. okay? And trees. <laughs> if they can't save you, we have problems. This is true. In 1994, 14-year-old Michael Wells was able to avoid a train by tucking his body underneath of the tracks. So, the train went, like, basically above him and he was, like, under it. I'm so confused by looking at that bridge. I'm just so confused. It almost, like, in my head, I was picturing that he was, like, hanging from it, like, underneath of it. In the, yeah, he <laughs> like, maybe. Like, curls, but I'm I'm not sure. There wasn't a lot of details on that. There's not a lot of details on all of these. Yeah. Some of them. Well, like, one the or more, two. The more recent ones. Yeah. In 1994, 35-year-old James Ratterman was struck was stuck under an overturned ATV on the tracks and then had died after being struck by a train. That so, one is so wild to me. Yeah, that was definitely the one that I was like, that's literally insane. What are the chances? Like, you get, you flip your ATV over, you're stuck on these tracks, you're, like, trying to figure out, I'm assuming would be trying to figure out how to get out from under that, and then a train comes and hits you. Literally. That's so scary. So scary. In 2000, 19-year-old Nicholas Jewell fell from the bridge after attempting to hang from the bridge as a train passed. So another person that unfortunately was unable to hang there with that upper body strength. In 2016, 26-year-old Raquel Bain and her boyfriend were visiting and decided to go investigate the public monster legend. By the time that they had noticed there was an oncoming train, it was too late. Uh, Raquel's boyfriend was able to hang off the side, but she was too slow and ended up dying from multiple blunt force impacts after being struck by the train and then falling from the bridge. And this is one of the ones that there's more, like, information on, because I definitely went down a rabbit hole in that. And so we talked about upper body strength. I guess her boyfriend, who survived by hanging on the side, was a karate instructor. Like, that was his career. Really? Yeah, so he was, like, super fit, super in shape, and, like, that's 
I mean, I was like, okay, well, I'm not a karate instructor. I would die. No, because I also, did you see what, what else they were doing in Kentucky? Yeah, they went to an asylum, right? So, okay, so they were going to go to the asylum. They had oh. tickets to go, like, the night that they ended up, like, that incident ended up happening. Yikes. So, I actually looked up, like, on, I've talked about this before, but I oftentimes find myself, like, looking people up on, like, social media and seeing, like, if there's posts about them or, like, if they still have a page out there and just kind of creeping, um, and just, I don't know, I feel like it's a, a good way to get, like, an insight into somebody's life. So, I had searched her name on Facebook, and that asylum had posted, like, in 2016, like, shortly after it happened, and it was, like, you know, her name was on the, the, the sheet that they had tickets, and they never showed up, and we thought, thought that it was, like, interesting, you know, normally people don't buy tickets to, like, this kind of thing, because it's, like, an expensive thing to go to from my understanding like it's a few hundred dollars or whatever to have like this overnight tour and then they ended up seeing that like someone from the asylum saw it like a couple days later and they like posted you know damn it's crazy though it was just that is crazy yeah that gives me the chili willies the chili willies (laughs) i don't like goosebumps i don't know yeah It's, it's like eerie and most recently, and one of the most well-known tragedies to take place here, was 15-year-old Savannah Bright and her friend Kaylee Keeling uh, were both struck by a train. Savannah had died at the scene, but Kaylee ended up surviving with serious injuries. Um, Savannah's parents had went as far as filing a lawsuit against the Norfolk Southern Railway due to failing to take measures from keeping people from accessing the trestle. Um, I think the reoccurring issue here is that people have access to this trestle so easily, whether it's they're searching for a monster or just out here trying to hang out on a bridge. I don't feel like that's a common, an uncommon thing for, you know, teenagers to do. I think that's a common trend in all the people that i've named off um there was only one person that was in their 30s that passed everyone else is in their mid-20s or younger most of them are like 19 17 years old yeah so it's definitely an intriguing place i feel like if this was something me being 17 18 years old that i would want to go to now being 27 years old I don't want to go here because I would definitely get struck and I don't have the <laughs> upper body strength to hang there. Like, So I look back and I think about it and I, <laughs> at 17, 18, or 19, would have definitely gone. Now, I would have gone with friends, but would I have gone up? That's a very good question. One time I went with That's friends too. my senior year in high school to abandon an abandoned asylum and then I and I drove and then I was like, mm, your girl's not going in. I'm going to sit in the car. And then fun fact, half of the group got arrested <laughs> or tickets or trespassing. Oh, my God. So I'm like glad when I look back. But then there are other times I look and I'm like, OK, but I did do something. I there are other times that I have technically trespassed. Don't worry. I got a ticket. <laughs> for it and went to court it's great don't i have a clean criminal record 
it's fine. Uh, <laughs> my dad's going to listen and laugh because that's his favorite story. He thinks it's so funny. It wasn't funny at the time. But anyways, so I look back and there are instances where I've done stupid stuff. And then there's like, okay, well, I did. But then I was like, mm, not going. Would I do this? I don't know. If it's during the day, I'm probably more likely to, when I was at that age, to do it. Yeah. Now, absolutely not. No. <laughs> Even I guess probably a, a couple thing. years ago, I wouldn't have done it. But there was a point in my time... <laughs> or a time in my life when I would have done it so I mean honestly like if we want to talk about trespassing most of my trespassing took place with my mom okay so this is very true (laughs) I think that she and if you're listening mom shout out to mom she would probably still want to go here besides the fact that it's like up in the air yeah because like, she, she's scared of heights but like I feel like this would be something like during the day that she'd be like we should go there it's gonna be so cool and I'd be like, <laughs> trains still come during the day like grow up what are you doing I think like I would go but I don't think I would climb up like I would I, go see the bridge yeah and I, th- I do think it would be cool to see the bridge or go at like dusk and just like yeah take, take pictures or like Stand on the pictures. roadway underneath. Like, I think that would be cool. I don't think I would be able to go up there, though. Yeah. Well, and I saw that, like, apparently there's this, like, common misconception that it's not used and it's abandoned. And, like, people don't know about all these deaths when they go visit. They're just, like, really yeah. uneducated about it. But, like, I saw that f- trains go from every, like, 30 minutes to every, like, hour or two. To, uh, like, a couple different reports. So... I mean, you're kind of fucked if you go up there. But I think it's it's also based off of, like, some of those pictures, like, it doesn't look necessarily like it is In still, the best shape. <laughs> yeah, like, a serviced railroad. Like, it looks, I don't want to say it looks like it's falling apart, but you can tell it's older. Like, it's definitely, yeah. you know, still standing. And it's not, there's not wood hanging off or, like, metal hanging off from it. But it's older. It's, like, spooky looking. It would be something that I feel like could easily be fooled for being an abandoned type bridge that would be like, oh, let's go get some cool pictures up there. And then you hear and the not train. work out. <laughs> yeah, which is terrible because it would be a, if it was abandoned, a cool place to go up and look at. But definitely don't want to risk your life to get two cool pictures that you're not even going to be able to post on Facebook. I very much agree. I think that's the best way to say it. Um, the public monster was also featured on an episode of Destination America's Monsters and Mysteries in America. Um, that is not how I found this case. Have you ever heard of this previously? So I have heard of this from another podcast. Dang. But I don't remember. (laughs) I just knew the name. So I was, you know, how I like to, we've been Googling, well, not so much anymore, because I feel like we've had a lot of cases lately that we just have been waiting. Um, yes. <laughs> but at one point of my life, I was Googling cryptids in America or cryptids in the United States. And I found this really fucking cool map. And it was like a map of the United States. And it had locations. And I still have it on my phone somewhere. I'm going to find it. It had locations with like little dots. And then like, different creatures that like that area is known for 
and some of them are like common and there's a lot that I had never heard of and I was like this is really neat so Wait, I, was, I think I have that map. <laughs> it's really neat. So I, I'll, you'll just send it to me if you have it. I'll have to go back and look. But I have, like, a few on my list because I'm, like, I've never heard of any of these. Like, there's some that are common, like Mothman, Chupacabra. Yes. So I think when I when I looked it up, I think, or, like, looked at the there was, like, Michigan Dogman was on there. And Mothman and definitely Mothman. I think I like on the West Coast the was man, Jersey I think Devil. The West Coast was uh yeah, but the West Coast had like Sasquatch or Bigfoot or whatever. I don't remember. See, I don't think it used like maybe it's just because I don't think it said like Sasquatch though. It had like a specific like small town name for it, like a specific little location. That makes sense because it was just like a state. Like, it was, like, a state map. Yeah. Because this was, like, the whole... Yeah. It was, like, each state in the United States had something. Yeah. And it was, like, somewhere more specific. Wisconsin had a weird one. There's a couple weird ones. Was yeah. it the fish? I think it was the fish. I think it was the fish. There's, like, a... <laughs> a muskie or something that's supposed yeah, to be Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be massive somewhere. Yeah. Hodag. Hodag is that? No way. <laughs> that is not. I... So, that does not sound familiar at all. That is the one I. Okay, well, this is another story. We aren't getting into it. We'll put this on the list for another time for you to look into. Into the list. Yeah, we're just getting <laughs> delusional now. <laughs> Well, I am gra- glad you covered it. I think uh, a lot of the pictures, too, are definitely eerie looking. Like, they definitely look like... I mean, straight, they they, they look like... Movie. Yeah, like what you would think the devil or, like, Lucifer re- like in human form looks like, right? You know, part goat or sheep or whatever. Horns sticking out of the forehead and all that stereotype. I also just like, like, most urban legends, or not most, I would say there's a handful where, or even some of the cryptids that we've handled on here previously, where, like, there's not a whole lot known of them. There's only, like, one sighting or, like, one story that kind of followed them. And I really liked that this one, there was, like, so many different angles, and, like, the story has just gotten blown out of proportion. Like, some yes, people believe without, this. Without any real this. sightings. Like, there are yeah. no sighting stories. Like, no. It's just this myth or urban legend that has, like, gotten out of control. And I, I even, I had, one of the articles I saw said it could even myth, legend, date back to, like, even the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And, like, that belief thinks that maybe it's, like, a Native American skinwalker. Ooh. Which I love me a good, uh, <laughs> I love me that good theory because those are creepy. Those are real creepy. But, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. I would say just the fact that it's blown so far out of proportion. Because we don't see that so often. No. It's literally, like, think Bigfoot without anyone ever actually seeing Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. That's, that's very, very on par for what this is. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I don't have any other fun facts or anything to add. I think that was really good. Every point I wrote down, you kind of... I stole it from you? 
<laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I was really I was really excited about this one because I feel like it was a buy one get three free type situation. Like Yeah, kinda. <laughs> you get a cryptid, you get a urban legend, spooky story. And with the amount of unfortunate deaths and like injuries that have happened there, I'm sure that someone's spirit is definitely sticking around. Oh, that place is definitely haunted. Yeah. A thousand percent. Well, good job, Sid. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I know last week we didn't have any jokes and facts, so setting it up big to give us something funny today. Don't do that to me because I was literally <laughs> just questioning myself. So the fact I know is good, but I was literally just thinking, I wonder if I told this joke already. Well, I'm going to be honest. If you did, I probably don't remember. That's also what I was thinking in my head. But somebody out there, if if it's a repeat, let me know. But I don't think you would. I don't know if you would remember. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Someone else will remember. <laughs> it's been 70 I'm jokes sure, at this point. I'm sure when my dad listens, he'll be like, I heard that one. <laughs> Yeah, the king of dad jokes over there. <laughs> okay, well, we'll start with the fact first, since you said it's a good fact. I thought it was a good fact. I was really proud of myself, because I thought I was getting away from taco facts. I thought I used them all. They're hard uh, to find. Th- hard? That's punny. The <laughs> earliest reference to hard shell tacos are from the early 1890s. <laughs> Wow, that was so <laughs> on par. I didn't even know what your fact was. That was great. That was perfect, actually. That was not rehearsed. That was just coincidence, people. I'm also really shocked that hard shell tacos are from that long ago, I guess. I feel like that's cor- kind of corn tacos would have been used easier. So there was, um, I was looking at I don't know. It was some sort of, like, fact page, but then it was showing, like, links to, like, old cookbook pictures. And the one in particular that I guess stuck out to me, it wasn't from the 1890s, but this, I guess, was, like, my proof that in my head that it actually was, you know, from around that time. But there's a cookbook from, like, 1905 or 1906, and you could tell that it was, like, a hard shell taco, but I don't know if it was, like, created by mistake. Like, that's how it came to be. Like, if they actually oh, might like, have. were cooking the shells or something. But, like, it was describing, like, basically how to make these, like, V... I think it refer- I think it said V shells or something. But it was... They were hard shell tacos. That's ultimately what they were. Interesting. But it definitely could have been something, like, they put them in the oven or, like, left them on the stove or something like that. And they just got crispy. And they're like, oh, this is actually pretty good. That could be. Absolutely. I bet that something like that happened with tortillas or uh, tortilla chips. <laughs> oh, yeah. A thousand percent. Something that like, was that was definitely an accident. <laughs> I love a good accident food, though, because I feel like Same. <laughs> it's some of the best stuff was accidents, which is great. I love it. Agreed. <laughs> OK. Hit me with a joke. What do you call tortilla chips with guns? What? Loaded nachos. Oh my god, I was gonna guess it too. I Were you gonna guess that? Damn it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you've said this one before, but maybe. I don't, I don't I think don't so. I think so. I think I'm gonna have to go back, but I think I said something similar. 
Yeah. Because like I'm something like, was loaded. Mm. <laughs> but that was good. I like that one. That was a good one for sure. I'm glad I set the bar high because I think that was a funny one. You know, your boyfriend said before this episode that my jokes have been fabulous recently. So. Well. <laughs> For the record, this is the man that has been singing It's Corn for the last, like, five days every day because of TikTok. So, <laughs> and he thinks that should be in the Billboard Top 100 songs. <laughs> it's probably going to if he keeps singing it and playing it over and over again. Oh, my God. So much. It's banned. I told him that <laughs> nothing involving corn is allowed in my house right now. Oh my lord. So I'm we won't even eat it in here anymore. <laughs> Don't blame you. <laughs> well, folks, you can find us on Facebook at Tacos and Tequilia Podcast. On Instagram at just tacos and tequilia. We also have a website, tacos and tequiliapodcast.com. You can find links to all our episodes, our sources, if you want to check out all the crazy stories and legends of the public monster yourself, feel free. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure that you leave a rating and or review. Help us get noticed. Really cool to see what you guys like. And you took the time to listen anyway, so just scroll down to the bottom and leave a rating. (laughs) Facts. Also, just a PSA, because I'm super paranoid now. (laughs) What? Uh, But I think uh, I want to apologize for any audio sound issues. I know last episode, uh, I know Sydney probably sounded a little funny. Plus, it was on, you know, four of us on Skype that could potentially affect the sound but for some reason yeah we've this is i think all of this has been recorded within like a week these last three episodes so uh we've just been hit with so many (laughs) one after the other of like sound issues or technical difficulties with our headsets and microphones and phones and computers and all that so i know sydney's you're already corrected. I actually already I ordered a headset too. So hopefully it'll be here before with the next episode. But if not, one more. Just got to bear with us one more for me. And I'm really sorry if it sounds awful. I edited one of the episodes. I don't think it's awful, but it's a little noticeable. So I apologize. <laughs> Shucks. <laughs> I know. Right. Now I'm paranoid that maybe it sounds worse than I think it does, but who knows (laughs) i'm sure it's fine what are we gonna i mean it is what it is we've said before we're not professionals like there's nothing we could do about it (laughs) and literally when it happened (laughs) i tried like i tried like six different options so this is the best sounding one we had (laughs) even the even the podcast microphone for some reason was just not that for us yeah i don't know it's like sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not yeah, so, you know, we'll get there eventually. Maybe this, you know, you sound great. <laughs> so maybe this will push me up to, to being on your level. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, I think that is all I have. Anything else to add? 
No, I think that's nailed it all. (laughs) Sweet. Well, then, folks, we will just talk to you next week then. Bye. Bye. Ha 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 ha!